The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from cosplayer and drag performer Annalyn Bond. Well, if you're a fan of body, I got some good news for you. You've probably been listening to this part of the podcast where I say I've really wanted to go on tour. I want to take body to new cities, but booking venues is the hardest thing you will ever do. It feels impossible. I finally find a venue that seems like the right kind of venue because they do have chairs. Because a lot of people are like, I saw a concert one time. Well, they were all standing. Did you notice that part? Oh, no, I didn't really get it, but it was a cool venue. Not the right venue. (laughs) Storytelling audiences like to sit. So there's a lot of trying to figure out what the right venue is and then contacting that venue and then never hearing back from that venue because they don't know who I am. They don't care that body has millions of downloads and fills the house in San Francisco. That's San Francisco. There's somewhere else. So the good news is I got an email recently from a super fan who recently moved to the East Coast. And they said, I think my city really needs body. We had a conversation about it. And it turned out she's right. So I have booked body at my first East Coast venue for 2024, beginning of the year. And I booked a couple of nights there. And if you want to know where it is and where else I'm going to be performing, because once you get one, that's when the dam breaks and you start to get a lot of venues. It just all starts to come together. That first one, that was the linchpin. And I've got it. And if you want to know where the linchpin is, you need to subscribe to my email list. It's not because I want you to subscribe to my email list. That's not it. It's because social media is stopping me from getting the word out. People are telling me that my posts never show up for them. I've had people send me screenshots to show me that I am marked as nudity and sexual content. Social media does not want us talking about the things we talk about at Body. You know, real life, relatable stories, stuff that we all do, but have no place to learn about and no place to talk about. Okay, I'm off on a tangent. Let me get back to where I was going. So if you're on the email list, That's where cities will be announced first and where tickets will be on sale first. So go to bodystorytelling.com slash subscribe. There's a link in the show notes for this episode and sign up. I mean, I could get shut down on social media at any minute. I just had a friend yesterday who does something that is not related in any way to sexuality. Get shut down by Square and can't take payments and they have no idea how they're going to make a living. All of those big corporations are getting super puritanical right now. And the only way that we can keep this thing going 
is if we stay in touch directly. And an email will do that. I don't send anything out very often, but if you wanna know where I'm coming, and if you've always dreamed of seeing a live in-person body storytelling, and I hear that phrase all the time from people, I just dream of going to the live show and being in that room with all of those sex positive, open-minded people, making new friends, playing bango, talking to strangers, ordering drinks with really dirty names. There's nothing like it in the world. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. You're listening to the podcast, but you only get one story here. And in a live show, you get an entire evening, hours of stories and song and acceptance and me running my mouth. So, and that's my really long-winded way of saying I'm really excited because I'm going to see you in person soon. I'm doing my workshop, How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling, again. It's happening on Sunday, December 3rd in San Francisco, and it's almost full. The great thing about this workshop is once you learn the secret, you've got this information forever. I really have a very unique way that I teach people how to tell stories because most of the people on my stage have never done it before. I work with them, I custom coach them, and that has turned into teaching on Zoom during the pandemic. And now it's turned into an all-day workshop where we get to be together in the room and do it. You'll get to be with other people who want to be better storytellers. And that makes for a supportive environment to try out new things. I love helping you find the best version of your story and to help you feel powerful when you get on stage. So there's a link in the show notes. It's on Sunday, December 3rd. And hurry up, y'all. It's almost sold out. So it's the week of Halloween. And I was thinking about what story would go with that. All my friends are cosplayers. So many of them dress up for sex parties every month. And Halloween's about costumes, right? But it's also about the bravery that a costume can give you. About expressing a side of yourself you've never shown to the world. And this story really resonated with me in terms of thinking about costumes and bravery. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Annalyn Bond is a San Francisco-based cosplayer, drag performer, and fashionable geek around town. They worship Bowie, make their own clothes, and love to wildly overdress for every occasion. This storyteller is Annalyn Bond. Thank you. So it's sometimes very easy to forget that superheroes aren't actually born that way. They're made. Whether through a bite from a radioactive spider or learning to harden mutant powers or even an injection of super soldier serum. This is my superhero origin story. Growing up as a teenager in Atlanta, Georgia, I was very, very far from a superhero. I was a clarinet playing co-president of Academic Bowl and Poetry Club, geek who was like really big into Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. I'd sit in my homeroom class, hunched over my binder, and I'd be practicing writing in Angerthas, which is the rune language from Lord of the Rings, which I'd write notes in. And one day this, 
big blonde football player named Mark comes by and he snatches my binder and he holds it up for everyone to see. And he's like, what is this geeky crap? And everyone starts laughing. At home, things suck too. My mom is like, well, if you lose 15 pounds, I'll get you a nose job. And then you'll be pretty and people will like you more. Yeah, not, not so cool. But when I'm 16, things look up. I get into Harvard, which is awesome. Yay! And I go to school the next day, and I'm sitting in homeroom, and that same blonde football player, Mark, comes up to my desk kind of sheepishly, kind of lumbering. And he's like, congratulations. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited. But inside, I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker, geek revenge. <laughs> Which is awesome. So at Harvard, I quickly find the Harry Potter geeks and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer people, and that's pretty great. And I'm studying film. Um, but I'm still wearing, you know, baggy jeans. I'm hiding my body. I still hear my mom's voice echoing in my head. Um, I follow my passion for film to LA, and I start working at 20th Century Fox. And I remember my first day, I'm walking through the front gate onto the lot. And in front of me is this, like, 40-foot mural of, like, Darth Vader fighting Luke Skywalker from The Empire Strikes Back. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I have made it. This is amazing. Geek heaven, right? Um, through my work in film, I meet these music video directors named James and Anna, who are also into Lord of the Rings and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all the, all the stuff that I like, which is very cool. And we start hanging out, and they're like, hey, want to come see Batman Begins? And I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go do it. So I go to this movie with them, and we're like drooling over Christian Bale, and it's super awesome. And then, you know, I go back to their house with them, and, you know, it's all really great. And I lose my virginity to them in a threesome, which is awesome. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I, w I was a super late bloomer. I mean, I was 23 by this point, but I just figured it was a huge win. And they not only think, like, my geekiness is awesome and my passion is awesome, but they, like, love my body, too, which I'm just like, what is going on with that? And to celebrate, I buy a pair of, like, really, really skin-tight jeans, and I'm so excited, and I come over in them. And Anna just, like, grabbed my ass. She's like, oh, my God, these are amazing. And they peel the jeans off, and we have a really hot threesome, and it's superb. It's great. But at some point, a few years later, I realized I don't really want to just dedicate my life to just making films. I want to have a life that's kind of worth making films about. And I'm also looking for community, which is a little hard to find in LA. So I ended up moving to San Francisco, and I'm reading Violet Blue's sex blog, and she mentions this place called Mission Control, which is this sex-positive community organization that has all kinds of interesting parties. And they have a kinky salon party coming up, and the theme is Dungeons and Drag Queens. And I'm like... <laughs> These people are like reading my mind. I gotta go to this. This is amazing. So I come up with the geekiest thing I can think of. I dress up like an ent wife. It was like, yeah, some of you know who that is, which is good. Which is one of the mythical tree women from Lord of the Rings. And not only do a few people actually guess what I'm dressed as, which I was really impressed about, I actually got laid while dressed as a tree. Which is why San Francisco is awesome. So I meet a bunch of other geeks who like to dress up, and we have this tradition of like going to movies in costume, which is cool, because we kind of freak people out. And I get invited to see Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I'm actually not all that excited, because I kind of know Captain America's origin story. It's like he was this skinny, scrawny geek from Brooklyn who like got injections of super, super soldier serum, and he turns into this big buff guy who like fights Nazis and wears an American flag. And I'm like, that's so square. <laughs> like, whatever. But you know what? I'll go see it, because we'll dress up, and it'll be fine. And I go dressed as Hawkeye. 
who's kind of like this human disaster, who's like a perfect shot with a bow and arrow. I just really had no idea what to be. He's not even in the movie. Um, it was a total costume fail. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting there watching this movie, and, like, you know, the action sequences are good, and, like, it seems to be talking about, like, Edward Snowden in the NSA, so it's, like, really relevant. And there's this um, scene toward the end of the movie where Captain America, you know, it's a climactic fight scene, right? He's supposed to be just kicking ass. And he drops his shield because he would rather honor his commitment to who he is and what he believes in than to win a fight or, you know, do what's easy. And I'm like, oh my God, that is something that I aspire to. I mean, this is someone who's not afraid of being wrong. He's not afraid of losing. And he will not compromise who he is for anyone. And I'm just sitting there thinking back to all the times that people made fun of me and I was kind of like hiding and, you know, like ashamed of myself. And I'm like, damn, I want to be that. Like, that is awesome. And you know what? If I'm going to be Captain America, if I'm going to become this person, I'm going to dress like Captain America. I'm going to cosplay this. This is cool. So I start what I call Project Captain America. You know, I start getting the costume pieces together. I made the shield myself, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of my blood and sweat and tears in this. It took a long time. Um, I start lifting weights so I can really look the part. I'm doing these like four to five day a week, like hour and a half to two hour workouts, lifting weights. It's really grueling, high protein diet. I even look up like what supplements Chris Evans takes and I start taking those. Like I'm hardcore, like I'm doing it upright. I end up getting into competitive weightlifting, which I do now, which is pretty cool. I put on 10 pounds of muscle, which is awesome, yeah. And, you know, I'm feeling pretty happy with myself. And this is all leading up to the premiere of the second Avengers movies, which I'm going to go to, you know, with a bunch of friends, kind of like leading them in costume. But then, you know, after a few months at the gym, I'm like, I'm like am I just doing this to like go sit in a theater in like a really tight costume and look awesome? <laughs> Seems like a lot of work just for that. And my birthday's coming up. And I'm a really big fan of like birthday wish fulfillment. So I'm like, you know what? I should probably like theme my birthday party around this and do something I've always wanted to do. You know what? I'm going to have a gangbang Captain America birthday party. That's what I'm going to do. And it seems like a pretty awesome idea, I thought, but I'm like writing the email to my friends and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't, are they going to be like, this is too geeky, like, I can't even take it. But like 20 people write back and they're like, hells yes, let's do this crazy thing. Like, we will totally dress up as Avengers and help. Um, super cool. So I find myself at this private dungeon in Oakland uh, with Loki, the god of mischief, and Thor, the god of thunder, and Agent Coulson, who's this like very infamous Captain America fanboy, um, Hawkeye, and the Winter Soldier, and Nick Fury, who's the spy whose secrets have secrets, and Iron Man, who's a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist, who some of you know, and then a few other like assorted uh, you know villains and heroes, and they are all gathered to fuck me silly. It's great. So it starts with Loki and Agent Coulson whispering something to each other, and all of a sudden they're grabbing me and they're pulling me over to this big iron bed with chains hanging down. So they strip off my clothes, they blindfold me, and then they tie me to the bed. 
I can hear Loki getting something out of the bag. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know what's coming. This is not going to be good. And Coulson starts putting clothespins all over my breasts and my arms and tweaking them. And it hurts like hell. And then suddenly, Loki is fucking me with a strap on. I hear a zipper somewhere up near my head. And there's a cock in my mouth. And I'm just taking it from both ends. And I'm like, OK, it's on. This is great. I'm totally loving this. Um, suddenly, you know, whoever's cock I was sucking is gone, and I hear this re really mischievous laugh that I recognize, and of course it's Loki, lowering to sit on my face, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I hear Bucky, who's supposed to be my best friend, right, the, who got, you know, brainwashed or whatever, and I'm like, what is happening? But of course, you know, can't hear anything. But he's in, like, full Winter Soldier assassin mode, and he's, like, not gonna help me at all. So, um, you know, he grabs the chains with his metal arm and he's just giving it to me hard. And I'm just like, in my head, like, the Winter Soldier is fucking Captain America. This, this is like all of my geeky fanfic fantasies come true. This is incredible. Um, you know, I'm blindfolded, so I, I've, you know, it's all sensation and noise and like someone's like slapping my thighs and my pussy and then like Nick Fury takes a turn and then suddenly I hear this like big booming voice that I recognize and I'm like, it's gotta be Thor, the god of thunder, right? And I feel his big magical hammer Mjolnir enter me and I'm like, all of this fucking and sucking and torment has just been a warm up you know, for Thor, epic stamina. I mean, he's, he's pretty much like the only Avenger who can like take me down, other than the Hulk, but the Hulk wasn't there. Um, just sad, maybe next year. Um, turns out Thor is also the god of Conolingus, which is awesome. Go Thor. Props, I love it. So I'm like screaming and thrashing and sweating and I'm just like, oh my God, and I'm sucking Nick Fury's cock and like, it's taking a lot of coordination. I mean, gangbangs are not easy. Like, it's not like you're just lying there. I mean, it's, it's, it's intense, right? And I can't see anything. And then somewhere off to my lap, I hear someone snap on a pair of gloves and I love that sound, but I'm just like, shit. I do not know what's gonna happen and I don't know who it is either because they are dead quiet. And then all of a sudden, I feel two fingers inside me, and I know it's got to be Hawkeye, because she's got perfect aim, right? <laughs> and she is, like, finger-fucking me, and I'm just orgasming, and I'm thrashing, and I'm squirting all over myself and all over everyone else. And it's amazing. And I'm like, how long can I hold on? Like, I don't want to give up, Captain. Well, uh, I don't know. I shouldn't surrender. I should. And I was like, oh, my God, no, I can't deal with it anymore. You guys win. You win. But honestly, I really think that all of us were winners that night. <laughs> it's it pretty great. It's pretty great. And so uh, my friends take off the blindfold and Loki and Agent Coulson start undoing all the ties and the chains and they prop me up on the bed and I'm just like covered in like sweat and tears and like my own cum and other people's. I'm a total mess, I can't even stand up. But I'm like looking around at all my friends dressed in these like ridiculous Avengers costumes <laughs> and villain costumes and I just feel so loved and appreciated like I never have before. It's amazing, and I mean, you know, for years I just thought like, oh, I'm a freak and a geek, and I'm just kind of like all out here alone, but I realized like, I'm so not alone, and there are so many other people out there like me, and it makes me so happy. And I resolve then 
to never be any less than my full self, to never hold back, to never edit or censor myself, and to never cower in front of another bully ever again.
I know it's an oldie, but God, I love that song. That was Save Me by Amy Mann. Did you know that the last live show I did was in September? And the next live show isn't even going to happen this year. It's not a really good way to support yourself because live shows were decimated by the pandemic and they're coming back, but way slower than they need to. And I make my entire living off live events. The only reason that I am not living under a bridge right now is because of Patreon. Patreon's a way for you to support the work of the artists that you love. And I'd love it if you'd join my Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash body, B-A-W-D-Y, and join at whatever level you can manage. It makes a huge difference right now while I'm treading water and trying to figure out how to get back to making a living. If Patreon's not your thing, there's PayPal, there's Zelle, there's Venmo, there's Cash App, all of those things. And if you have a question, just email me. I'm at bodystorytelling at gmail.com. But Patreon is the monthly recurring method to keep this podcast going. It wouldn't still be here if it weren't for my Patreon supporters. Thanks in advance for maybe joining. And thank you to all the people who've supported me on Patreon and have ensured that I'm still here. Thanks. Well, that's it for this week. Before you go, could I ask you to please, please write me a review? I don't care if you say bad things. It's fine. I just want to know what you think of this podcast. It lets other people know what you think of this podcast. And that means more people listen. And it makes it even more worthwhile. There's been many times I haven't been sure if I should continue doing this podcast. And knowing that you're listening, reading your words about how you feel when you listen, that's going to ensure it keeps happening. Maybe I can even thank you in person when I see you really soon when I'm in your city. Thanks in advance for that, for subscribing, for rating, for writing a review. And thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Roiland James, and podcast producer Roman Din Haudiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 277 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be-